Victorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And as always, it's all good, baby, baby. Uh, it was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oakwan. Who I got with me? The prodigal son, Mr. Johnny Come Lately. Matthew <laughs> He failed to menace from competing stealing our hearts. Matthew, welcome back. Glad Thank you. Yeah, I know. Thank you so much for having me. It's a huge weekend, obviously, with Pegasus, but also some great races out at Oaklawn, your neck of the woods. And so it's uh, a lot of fun this weekend. And I feel like, you know, the, the post Breeders' Cup slumber is off of us. We're focused on this new three-year-old crop. We're focused on, obviously, some of these Pegasus fields and the form uh, and up categories as well. So a lot of things to be excited about. And I think a great sequence we're going to go over today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some of you might be listening. You might be wondering, uh, what happened to the BBW show? Why didn't that fat bitch show up? Well, what had happened was I decided that I was going to be a lone wolf. I was going to be a lone wolf. I was going to record solo. And I recorded just a banger podcast by myself. Downloaded it, realized that I didn't ever add myself to the recording. Recorded nothing. Well, that sucked. So yesterday I was like, you know what? Rather rather late than never with the BBW show. Uh, let's go ahead and we'll record it. And uh, I got myself added into it. Still recorded nothing. I'm going to tell you, the first one was a banger. This one just transcended genre. It transcended <laughs> political, you know, whatever side of the spectrum you're on. <clears throat> it was a killer. A heartbreaking work of staggering genius never to <laughs> be heard. Uh, so it's nice that I have Matthew here. One, to verify that people can hear my voice. Yes. Two, I love, I love my boy, Matthew. Uh, three, we're talking Pegasus weekend. Yeah. Going down to Gulfstream where they've got the, the big, ridiculous concrete statue of a Pegasus. <laughs> yeah, that's like literal. It, it reminds me of the uh, uh, Ben Stiller in uh, Dodgeball when he's like, that's me grabbing a bull by the horns. I mean, it's a metaphor, but I mean, that really happened. And that, so that really happened. Like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's just I every time I see that I'm just like Belinda, like what were you thinking? <laughs> like was your was your decorator really into like an Egyptian motif that week, and so you yeah. wanted something that could be outside of the Sphinx? I honestly, don't know. Yeah, honestly, only probably about the 150th gaudiest thing in South Florida. So uh, you know, fair. Not, pretty pretty low on the list actually. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. It's not like Tony Montana's place was uh, tastefully put together <laughs> right. exactly. by any means. Yeah, the tiger in the backyard. Yeah, yeah, no, it's all fine. <laughs> So let's let's talk like the concept of Pegasus Weekend. Yeah. And the the reason I say this is um Pegasus Weekend kind of just showed up out of nowhere. They said, "Hey, we're going to throw a ton of money mm-hmm. into these races. It's going to be the world's r- richest race and people are going to love it. All the best horses are going to come." And you know what? They did. 
And it was awesome for the first couple of years. And then we really started to see a little bit of a lag in talent or like a talent, you know, disparity where, you know, some horses were just walking away and it didn't really, you know, for me, it really kind of lost the shine. I was resistant to doing a Pegasus episode um, until I looked at this Pegasus card and I realized how fucking good it is. Yeah. Do you concur? I very much so concur. This is an excellent card, top to bottom. I think there's value to be had in every single race. And you're right about the fact that there's been kind of some top-heavy years. I mean, last year the joke was, right, it's not running at Gulfstream, it's running at Chalkstream, that it was all favorites, heavy favorites, winning all these big races because you had these great horses and not a lot else underneath. And so this year it just feels like the total opposite. Like, you don't have any great horses here. You have a lot of very evenly matched fields, horses coming in with very, you know, differing trips in terms of what they've been running lately. And I just think there's a ton of value for betters in this particular race. So I'm really excited about it. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, I, I'm kind of glad that we don't have the presence of, of, you know, said super horse uh, in, in this uh, Pegasus invitational uh, because I mean, it ended up with just a, a great betting field. You ended up with races that you actually want to see. Uh, and, yeah. you know, it, it really, it makes it for a fun betting. It makes it fun talking about, and you know, so what if a horse, one of these horses wins just a gigantic purse, like, you know, we need, we need nouveau riche. We need bougie people too. Why yeah. not? I, um, one of my, one of my favorite lines from the movie in night, uh, midnight in the garden of good and evil is when uh, Kevin Spacey goes, that's a very nice way of you asking if I'm nouveau riche. In my experience, it's the riche that matters. Uh, yeah. And uh, I always think of that a lot, especially down in South Florida, where there's a lot of nouveau riche. So. Right, right. There's not so much of that. Not so much of that in Savannah. Um, I uh, I would be the guy walking the invisible dog. Uh, a great movie and a great reference. <laughs> I find an issue. It's hard to get rid of me. If you write me into the will, you know, I'm not there. All right. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break here at the Notorious OTB. And when we get back, we're going to get into the Pegasus Day. Late pick five. It's a Pegasus. It's not just a horse. It's got wings. <laughs> An attitude, I suppose. A sassy attitude. We'll be right back with more Notorious OTB. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there's tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. The NFL playoffs are here. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. It always makes me think of a chubby, shirtless me uh, riding around 12 years old, getting sunburned in like the back of my like friend's older brother's Land cruiser with the top off, like trying to give it girls. There were no girls on the street <laughs> on their lunch breaks. Um, that's enough about how I grew up. Let's talk about the Pegasus Day late pick five. Yep. I'm sure there's a guaranteed pool, and then it's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's Friday, this January 28th, 2023, year of our Lord, I guess. Starts race nine, post time 301 Eastern, 201 
God's time. But if they get to do in the pool fattener salsa down there in South Florida, this could go <laughs> off at, you know, four Eastern roughly. Um, it's a nine or sorry, five straight graded stakes races starting in race five. And uh, let's go ahead. Let's kick it off. I tried to find a Brian McKnight sound drop for this one. The William L. McKnight stakes it's mile and a half on the turf. Um, I've got a very specific way that I'm playing this pick five sequence because uh, I've been watching a lot of uh, you know yep. Gulfstream lately, like Gulfstream turf. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna brag, but I hit the pick five yesterday. No big deal. Toot toot. Toot my own horn. Toot toot. toot, toot. Um, you. It looks like with this turf course, you really need to be on the front end. I saw some stats the other day that like no horses have really come from off the pace on this tur- on this Gulfstream turf course mm-hmm. at all. Now we're gonna have a, the really interesting intersection of is bias stronger or is the horse better than the bias? I mean, right. I'm sure I'm gonna choose to lean into the bias uh, whenever I'm playing these. Um, what did you think of race nine, the mile and a half? William L. McKnight stakes. So this was one where I really, I thought this was actually the toughest race in the sequence. And it was the toughest because I don't like any of the top three horses. Uh, Channel maker is come on nine for 49, like doesn't win at Gulfstream. And I just, you know, three to one, nine years old. I, I mean, I respect the hell out of channel maker, but I just can't necessarily get behind that horse. Then you look at a horse like Aban who was dynamite early last year. And I thought was going to just like trounce this division and really has fallen off form. Now you're getting a much better price on Aban than you ever have in the past. You're getting five to one on the morning line, which is much better. But, and this is a horse that clearly does have races to run back to and can run well at Gulfstream park for sure. I just have a hard time trusting Aban. And then temple is a horse that whenever temple is faded runs his eyeballs out. And whenever he's favored, he runs uh, just a stinker of a race. And so if he's 27 to one on the board, put a win bet on him. But if he's anywhere underneath five to one, he's going to run 15th. And so I just, I just can't trust him. So I ended up on value engineering, uh, the nine horse who's just kind of entered this marathon at distance area, you know, sort of division and one last time out at the H. Allen Jerkins. Now that race was taken off the synthetic and moved from two miles to a mile and five eighths. But what a, to your point that you were mentioning earlier, Chase, front end speed works. And value engineering demonstrated that in those distance races, he was up very close to the lead in that H. Allen Jerkins. I think this is a horse that the more you stretch him out, the more he's going to be up close to the front. He's not going to try to close like he did in the turf when he was going shorter distances. I like value engineering at eight to one on the morning line to provide a little bit of value. I'll use Aubon. I'll use channel maker. I hate using those two defensively, but outside of those two, I just really don't have much else that I see as legitimate win threats. Like I have to be on an FBI watch list because I was radicalized. I was radicalized by Caleb Knight to fucking hate this division. I hate this, this division. I hate these horses. Um, but with my strategy, I mentioned with the turf, how the turf is playing. I'm leaning into it. I essentially just threw a run style at this race and ended up yeah. going about three deep. So I used two that you mentioned: Abon at five to one, Channel Maker at three to one. God, I fucking hate Channel Maker. And um, the other one that I used that's going to be up forwardly placed. That is an absolute bomb on the morning line, and probably stays that way for good reason. Um, I'm going to use 
the eight Harlan estate for, I mean, who, who doesn't want a Whitman D Beckworth trained horse? Um, but he does get Joel Rosario up, uh, previously trained by Kevin Attard comes off the all weather. And I am a dirty little pig boy for horses coming off little the all pig boy. <laughs> Can I get the definition? Little pig boy. He's that pathetic, dirty bitch, baby. Mistress gets the stand on. Yeah. You give me, you give me a surface that was not originally made of this earth. Oh God. Stand all <laughs> over me. Oh, let me lick that boot. All right. So the reason between with using Harlan estate, yes, it could be an easy toss. If I want early speed, say something happens, Aubon doesn't make the lead. Say something happens, mm -hmm. Channel Maker doesn't make the lead. Then I've got the bomb that is stands to gain, and the horse is going to get out and press. Uh, it's going to be pretty close to the front. I mean, it's run respectable races. Um, you know, it's kind of grinded it out a little bit. It's got some some graded stakes. Uh, you know, some graded stakes uh, history to it. It's got Rosario up, so I mean, it could end up ten links <laughs> off before they hit the say. first ball. Yeah, I mean. We've seen him do it, but I, he also, he, he does seem to know when he has to go. Yeah, he does. Um, when he doesn't have to go, it's when he gets cocky and ghost rides the horse and, you know, is crip walking next to it and shit. And it just, yeah. So I'm going to use four, seven, and eight, a bond channel maker in Harlan estate. Who are your horses? One more time. I'm going to use nine four and seven. Uh, I'm going to use value engineering, Aban and channel maker. And I will just give a shout out to a, the five horse uh, Agatar, who is 20 to one on the morning line. I would only use this horse vertically, but he's going to get a big price. You could not have had a more horrendous race as this horse did last time. Like almost honestly, like killed Leperu coming out of the gate. And the fact that Leperu is like going back on this horse is actually, I think, somewhat of a feat of uh, courage. And so he, he refused uh, to be a victim. He refused <laughs> to be a victim of the French Strangler. <laughs> and so he is, uh, that was just a, an awful trip. And it's important to point out, Agatar is better on turf. And that H. Allen Jerkins, again, the morning of, got shortened up from two miles and got put on the synthetic. And I, you couldn't have had a worse, like I said, worse kind of debut in Gulfstream Park than Agatar had last time. This horse, if you go back and look at that uh, UK form, has some really nice horses this horse has run against. Pearls Galore, uh, Kiprios. I mean, these are nice horses over in Europe that he's, uh, that he run against. So I give it a shot underneath, 21, big price. He's going to come running late. That's kind of the, the – he is kind of the going against the track bias in that regard. But, um, I, you know, I think, again, at 20 to 1, if I'm going to play some sort of like a value engineering Agatar Exacta, I think that would be interesting. And if we've somehow gotten like a crash Davis rain out where they've just watered down this turf course, Agatars run really well over heavy yielding things like yeah. that. So, yeah. I mean, we're not, it's not out of the question to see uh, a surface change dramatically before a big day yeah. of racing. Yeah. All right. Let's hit race number 10. We're talking about the Fred W. Hooper stakes. Mr. Hooper, I'm not talking about pleasure boating or day sailing. Mr. Hooper. I, I'm partial to Mr. Hooper because my dad kind of looks like Richard Dreyfus. All right. <laughs> this is eight furlongs on the main track. I'll tell you what, I was all over speed, and that does not feel like the play here, but I'm interested no. to see if Matthew agrees. Uh, what did you think of the Fred W. Hooper stakes? Tons of speed. And uh, 
like honestly a lot of horses just i just faded because i was like nope you're gonna get burn up you're gonna get burn up you're gonna get burn up and there was just a ton of speed and so this one became easy i was like all right who's gonna come running late basically and who's got you know who's got a, just a better engine uh to go a mile and so i actually ended up on i i do like the favorite miles d breaking from the inside post to three to one chad brown phenomenal coming off a long layoff Part of the reason he's good at coming off a long layoff is not just because he's good at conditioning horses. It's he's good at placing horses and miles D you look at who this horse is run against run against the best. And this is, you know, the, the horses in this field, no offense, can't carry the jock strap of the horses he's run against. And so it is one of those things where I think he's just better. He also has a running style. That's actually going to be beneficial. He's going to sit a little off the pace and then run. I, I like him quite a bit here. I also like the far outside 12 volt man at eight to one on the morning line. He's a horse that again, is going to take back right away. I think he's going to be able to tuck in and therefore not get strung out too far wide. And he's going to come running late. Uh, he's got those late uh, speed figures. And then a horse I know we both like the nine endorsed similar strategy. This is a horse that's going to come running late. I think that that's, if you're looking at how to handicap this race, hard to imagine front end speed is going to hold up at a mile. I think if this was a six furlong race, seven furlong race, maybe a mile, ugh. a lot of, especially because a lot of these horses that are going to be front end speed are like legit sprint horses. And now you're going at mile. I just don't see it holding up that well. And so I like them coming from the back. Yeah. I, I saw it the same way. I almost, whenever I was doing my pace projection, when I was dragging all the, you know, saddle cloth colors over, I like <laughs> almost ran out of speed or out of, right out of space. <laughs> yeah. on the front end. This yeah. is going to melt like the cheese on a divorced dad's nachos in the microwave. We're talking a Chernobyl <laughs> level meltdown on the pace. So I'm talking targeting horses that are going to win from off the pace. You mentioned the nine endorsed. I'm the other horse of a similar style that I'm going to be used. Who's going to be right behind that wave is going to be the six uh, black belt at six to one mm -hmm. uh, shows a little bit of the middle move. That middle move, you know, puts you in position because uh, sometimes these closers can let the, the, uh, the race get a little bit too yep. far away from him so i did like black belt uh quite a bit uh one that i like that's a little bit off the radar and i initially did not consider it uh until uh you know i got to look at the pace it's it's a big price well i'm not talking about hooking some poor dogfish or sand shark i'm talking about finding a great white that great white wearing the white saddle cloth is the two noble drama 20 mm. to 1 david fox it's a David Fox, pet horse, he owns it. Gets Ismael Jaramillo up, which I can't say that like Pete Aiello. I never will. Gonna give that up. Um, which I love that he stuck with the lo with the local jock here. Really yeah. like when yeah, yeah. when people you know you ship in, you have all these out of town jocks come in. I really love seeing when they stick with the local guy. Works have been great. And if this pace falls apart, then I mean, this horse is going to be way back, running yeah. a completely unpressured race, just yeah. running its own race watching it all unfold. And I mean, there's not a ton of back class there, but sometimes the right situations just develop. And I think that this yeah. could be the right situation for noble drama. I agree. I mean, I, I think again, if you're looking for a price, there's prices to be had and you can, again, cause of that nuclear pace up front, you can just cross out like half the field and be like, all right, well, they're not going to make it. And then it becomes a much easier race to handicap. So, um, you know, I think there's, there's definitely a value to be had in this one. And you're right about kind of horses sometimes just running their own race and just like doop, 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 and then like everybody else starts coming back to them. And and I, I could totally see that with the two, just like completely unbothered in the back. And then just all of a sudden you just see going around the third and fourth turn, like 
here it comes. And just everybody's falling back and everybody's strides getting shorter and he's, you know, reaching out. So uh, totally can see that. You, you remember whenever like you were running laps on some sports team and you had to do yep. that drill where the guy at the back had to run to the front yeah. know, past everyone. Mm-hmm. You had some asshole who always wanted to run fast up front and then everyone was all tired. And then that dude from the back just came flying by. It's like, Oh God, we're going fast again. Well, that's noble <laughs> drama. Noble drama is that, that horse. Yep. Um, yep. All right. Moving on. Race 11, the Pegasus World Cup Philly and Mayor Turf Invitational. Is this the one that's brought to you by Pepsi? I think it is. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to look. I don't know. Is one of them brought to you by Pitbull? It should be. It's not. <laughs> so, yeah. Coolo. Um, yeah, this one is <laughs> this one is brought to you by the taste of a taste of a new generation Pepsi. <laughs> well, Man. What's a I, I mean, I remember you remember when the Kentucky Derby was brought to you by Yum Brands? Yeah, I do actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was. Really I wish. It, considering Baffert was winning, I wish like the winner was like. Mm. I wish they went like full Duke's Mayo Bowl and like the winner had to just get bitch slapped with a tortilla or like a quesadilla or something. So I remember when uh, the Triple Crown was brought to you by Visa, and there was the five million dollar bonus that was going to be given out if there was a horse that won the Triple Crown. And the year that Smarty Jones won the first two legs, I was at the Preakness that year, in the infield like an idiot. And with my buddies and my one buddy, Scott Merriam, shout out to Scooter, uh, was absolutely wasted and kept going up to the security guy wearing a, a Visa windbreaker and going, so, I mean, you know who's going to win this race, right? Because you work for Visa. And so it's all rigged. So just tell me now who's going to win the race and I'll just place a bet. And just He just kept doing this for like an hour. And I was like, buddy, we got to leave this guy alone. <laughs> get thrown out i feel like you having a friend named scooter really like crosses over into my personal (laughs) brand of being from arkansas and having friends named like scooter skeeter ray bob things like that when when you go to college in south carolina there you're gonna get some friends named scooter (laughs) touche quick sidebar have you been watching the murdaw murder trial oh no i've not Oh man, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about, dude. I watched, I watched that HBO Max Lowlands documentary series right before that. That shit's crazy. Like I'm actually excited to watch this trial because that shit was insane. There, there, yeah. Anyway, horses, horses. Horses. So, what about them? We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. At Underdog, the season never I ends. Right you, now, you can play the fantasy football playoff this fall. The gauntlet yeah, for $1 million prize up I want to make them. They also have a ton of daily games for NBA and NHL. Plus, when you use promo code SGPN at underdogfantasy.com, you get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Underdogfantasy.com. Go ahead. Promo code SGPN. Yeah, so the reason I'm a little more spread out here is I... I think the horse that you're going to single is going to actually get pace pressure uh, from the one. And so I think there's a possibility. So I, I'm all out on the favorite. Shantasara ran a clunker of a race, has never won a coming off of a layoff before. Uh, and I just far outside post, no thank you, at nine to five especially. Delika, who if she gets on the lead and is unbothered, <clears throat> is absolutely good enough to wire this field, especially the way the turf is playing. Absolutely no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. I think the one who's more of a sprinter is the one's got no other gimmick other than to go. I mean, that that's, it, it's not like this horse is going to take back and, and especially from yeah. the inside rail. Yeah, so on the rail, you've only got one move. It's and, you have to go. And, and that's her style anyway. So she's going to go. And the question is, can Delika rate or which, which I mean, that she usually doesn't win when she does. And, and so 
therefore, I ended up on Wakanaka uh, as my top play. A horse I've liked since she came over. I liked her in this race last year a lot. Um, I I was one of the 12 people who stuck around after Flightline won the Breeders' Cup Classic to actually watch that fall harvest uh, in person. And uh, mainly because I wanted to bet Wakanaka. And so uh, I won that. And so <clears throat> I just think the pace is going to set up well for Wakanaka. I like the... I just think she's a really good horse that's coming into her own and has run against really, really, really good competition in this division and, and has run against the boys. I mean, ran against the boys at the Woodbine mile two back. And so clearly Mott has a high opinion of her. So really like her, I think lady Rockstar, the number seven horse is pretty similar, maybe a slightly lesser version of Wakanaka. And then I will use Delica a little bit defensively, but in case the one doesn't fire and Delica does get out on the lead, then I think she's super logical. So Wakanaka is not my single, but in my lifetime favorite horse names to say, Wakanaka would be a single. It's, I mean, it's a great name. <laughs> you go with the Fozzie with it. I like to go with the down with the sickness route with a Wakanaka. Um, but please, I'm not going to edit that out, but still, please, no one tell anyone how I live. Um, I singled Delika. And, oh, my God. I can poke so many holes. In, in this Delica single, but I had mm. to do it somewhere and it just felt like the most logical single for me to make. Yeah. Um, I mean, the good news is Delica runs fine without Lasix. That's mm -hmm. something that you really had to pay attention to because there's not Lasix for a lot of the, for these races. Uh, they have these horses that are going on in them, going off of them. Uh, you see some of them have big bumps, big drops in, in, uh, in performance whenever they add it and take it off. So that's reassuring. I'm really irked by the lack of history of winning first off the layoff for Delica. That mm, yeah. that worries me because it is coming in off the shelf, but it's really just a close your eyes and hold your nose special here with with the single. Just uh, you know, if, if uh, Wakanaka beats me, I'm okay with it. I, I took I sh took my mm. shot. I managed to save to to spread out uh, in a few races because I feel like I'm gonna have to spread out uh, definitely in the uh, in the Pegasus. So this is it. This is more of a budget play than it is like a. I just fucking love this horse play. I'll probably there. I always say don't hedge. There will there will probably be some hedge win bets and exactas uh, to protect myself in case Delica just shits the bed. Yeah, it's. I think if you need to single. This is probably not a bad, this race, or I actually think the next race might be a single as well. Uh, although I'm not playing it that way, but I, I just went a little skinnier all the way around. So my ticket was kind of three by three by three by two by two. And so I, I was just, you know, I didn't single anywhere. I just didn't feel that confident in any horse, but I still wanted to put together like a reasonable ticket. That's not too expensive. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if you're going to single, I, I hard to justify the first two legs for sure. And I agree with you that singling in the last leg, like unless you know something, is going to be really difficult. So it uh, makes a lot of sense to try to take a stand on this one. All right. Well, that wraps up the the taste of a new generation. Just the, <laughs> the sugary diabetes water that Marty McFly was always feeding for the Pegasus World Cup Philly Mirror Turf brought to you by Pepsi. Let's look at race 12 the penultimate leg the pegasus world cup turf invitational nine furlongs on the turf and i'm just going to say with how aggressive i'm going at early speed if closers be closing on saturday then i am proper fucked <laughs> <laughs> and i was proper fucked in, in leg one but i mean hey yeah. 
you gotta you have to take a chance where you feel like you have an edge. Sure. It's gonna be people who haven't been paying attention. They're gonna either pay play it straight up. They're gonna play some other thing. But if you watch, yep. you know, I feel this feels like my edge. So uh I, I'm using two horses here. You know they're gonna be out in the front. I yep. think we might see eye to eye here. Why don't you tell me if we do? We absolutely see eye to eye, and this is I love these two horses. Me so too. first of all, let me say City of Lights. Toss from the 12 hole, get out of here. Ivar coming off a layoff, get out of here from the 10 path at five to two, especially. No, thank you. Um, Lady Spate Spear and Atone are the two horses that I like. I know you like as well. So the six Lady Spate Spear just keeps getting better. This horse, I feel like she is just scratching what how good she can be actually. And what I really like is she's adapted her running style a little bit. She can rate a little bit more than she could earlier in her career. She can sit off a little bit more. Uh, she, but she's going to be very close to that front end speed. Uh, the works leading up to this race have been very sharp. 59 and three on the turf at South Florida. Uh, like to see that sort of a five furlong work before this race coming off of a huge effort in the Philly and Mare turf at the Breeders' Cup. And then a tone is like my favorite stable duel horse. And in that morning line makers apparently just hate a tone or Mike maker. I, I don't understand it because they'll make a tone like 12 to one, 15 to one, 20 to one on the morning line. We'll get bet down sometimes, but like this horse is always runs honest, always runs honest and is 12 to one again. And it's probably going to, you're probably going to get like close to 12 to one on this horse. This horse is dynamite and is going to be up front on the lead and could very easily wire this field. I mean, has run against some great competition, has some big efforts to go back to finish fourth by a length in this race last year against, I think a stronger overall field. So um, give me a tone and lady space beer in this leg of the, the pick five sequence. I like it. And those are exactly my two horses. My, my one note with the tone is that um, don't be too worried about, you know, the class, the back class and everything. Because mm -hmm. if there's a guy who makes these sort of moves, these drastic class moves, taking a horse that's been in like optional claimers or allowances, throwing him into a graded stakes race and getting him to win, it's Mike fucking Maker. Like that's, you know, his move is being unpredictable. It's a wild card with, the, with these class moves. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I love Lady Spade Spear. I really do. Yeah. Um, my only question with Lady Spade Spear that worries me is uh distance mm. now we've seen horses by spites town that have actually you know they can shown that they can handle the distance that was always sure. the big question can a spites town actually stretch out and run these longer these longer races uh you know oh for one at the distance but the you know has wins in a mile and a 16th is just a little bit short it's still going to be in the back of your head every single a little bit whenever you better but i damn it i love her so much that i'm just gonna do it anyway and i mean the horse has been running against some really just quality horses in, in Canada. What talk about a game third place yeah. in the uh, BC uh, Philly Amir turf uh, 32, 32 to one hits the board uh, to get into the, uh, the trifecta. I mean, just a, a, the definition of like a grinder kind of horse that will just grind it out and cash checks and will probably continue to do it for another five years. Yeah, absolutely. And, and get Sia's back aboard uh, who rode her in that breeders cup. Philly and Mare Turf, I like that. And one thing we didn't mention about a tone, who's riding a tone? I rad. Um, that should tell you something. I, I mean, I rad, I'd imagine, would have had his choice of a few different horses potentially in this race. And for him to get on a 12 to 1 horse probably tells you something. Like a tone's a, like I said, just a really good horse. So I I think the winner is going to come from the front here. 
I can't see any of these closers. Uh, Ivar at this distance, no thank you. And City Man's just parked out somewhere like halfway to Tampa. So I just, you know, uh, I just don't see that being a winning trip for him. And and as a result, I just like that front end speed. I My only concern is just, Lord, please don't let my two speed horses duel each other out on the front. There's nothing more frustrating to watch oh, than having your two two horses and they just lock into just a suicide pact. But but that's where I think it's important that Lady Spade Spear has demonstrated the ability to rate. And sure. Atone can rate too. That's the thing is Atone's not a need-to-lead horse. Atone's come from way back to, to run as well. So the fact that these two are versatile means neither of them, I don't think Sayas or Irad, are going to feel like they need to be up front in this race. And they'll if one of them breaks better and gets the inside position, I think the other will kindly concede uh, and, and and sit off. I don't see them pushing a too crazy of a pace. I agree. What scares me is if we see every single turf race, just merry-go-round all the way oh, around yeah. is eventually you're going to get the jockey overreaction where everyone thinks they have to be on the front. Yeah. And so everyone sins. Sometimes you just have to plan for that chaos. You have to think like, okay, they've seen like three or four turf races now. Yeah. Is everyone going to lose their shit and just act out of character? I don't know. I don't know. I'm already poking holes in my pick five here. Let's talk about <laughs> race 13. Yep. The Pegasus World Cup Invitational Stakes. Let's see. I always like seeing who sponsors these things. Ray is by Baccarat. It's brought to you by a card game, the fanciest card game, I believe. Baccarat, the kind that KJ KK Ichikawa plays is plays whenever you know he's at the Tangiers. Um, just a whale knocking you dead, turning your lights out, spilling <laughs> the soaps and the robes. Nine furlongs, and this is a just a fan. Fantastic betting race. I decided I had to go about four deep. I feel mm-hmm. like not only is pace going to play heavily into this, but I really feel like path is going to play heavily into this because mm-hmm. I saw just an amoeba bunch of horses, you know, up towards the front, all bunched together. Uh, so I, I thought maybe I don't want to play horses that are going to be stuck in between those horses mm-hmm. that are likely to back out. And that's kind of how I, how I went at it. But guess first, you got so this is interesting because i think the general consensus is there's a lot of speed i actually maybe disagree a little bit i think there's see it's not a lot of speed it's just a lot of fordly placed horses that's the thing so riding with biden is not really that fast uh this is a parks horse that won the greenwood cup at a mile and a half like this is not a super fast horse um art collector is also not fast. Like he likes to get to the lead, but if you look at those like time form pace projections at each interval, that he's running really slow fractions a lot of times up in the up front. So he's not a sort of horse that's going to set an aggressive pace at all. Stiletto Boy is parked in the 11 hole. I don't know what trip they're going to make uh, from there. As a result, I think Bob has defunded cranked. And I think Bob loves nothing more than giving the double bird to the horse racing community on big days. Yeah. And I think he's got a monster running at Oaklawn that he's going to just unleash on people. And I think he's going to come with defunded. And this is a horse that's won back to back nine furlong graded stakes races, including a grade one over country grammar. I think defunded gets out there and goes with Irad aboard. Irad knows exactly what he did last year with life is good. Defunded's not as good, but he understands the right trip to get which is just get out there in front of everybody and go. And I think this horse is good enough to 
do the nine furlongs in that regard. I'm not sure about everybody else's trip. And so defunded was my top pick. I do really like Skippy Longstocking. I think if there's a horse that can beat defunded, I think it's Skippy, who's coming off a hell of an effort at the Harlan Holiday. And like South Florida is a you know, Safi horse. Those horses always play different in South Florida. And I think Skippy can be forwardly placed, but can also is breaking from an okay post in post seven where he can kind of feel out where he needs to be early and then go late. But uh, I, I see it. I, I didn't spread that much here. I just went five, seven with defunded and Skippy. I, I agree with you. You have to use Safi horses whenever they're racing in Florida. Thompson Simpson. I stick by my story. I'm- so I'm also on Skippy, but I ended up using the one, two, the seven and the 12. Um, the two, when I, as soon as I utter his name, uh, might make uh, Matthew's eyebrows uh, raise. I mean, my, one of my favorite horses. Yep. So the one is Proxy, nine to two. I, I really like that Proxy. Once again, this is a path play. It's going to be up towards the front. It's going to be sitting on the rail. I want rail or I want far outside. Rail mm-hmm. or trail. That's where I want you. Rail or the tractor trail. Uh, simplification stands to get pretty much the same kind of trip. And at 15 mm-hmm. to one. Yeah, I agree. He's I love him underneath. I don't like him to win because I just don't think he does that enough, but I love him in vertical exotics. Uh, 15 to one's a crime. Uh seven skippy long stocking, of course. Uh we mentioned. Uh, but I've got another yeah, horse. You're going you're going down to Latin America with this one. And I, yeah. I respect it. I respect it. This one came all the way from Chile. Not a mercy. The 12 O'Connor for Safi with JJ up mm-hmm. ran in the, uh, the Harlan's holiday at Gulfstream grade three uh, last out first off the layoff really very well represented did very well. I mean, it's a horse that's accustomed to not running with Lasix uh, down in, uh, in Chile has won some, you know, those grouped graded stakes races might not be the best, but they're still the best races that they have. Uh, they're there in Chile. We've seen plenty of horses make that jump from from Latin America to the United States and have success. But the horse is going to be ultra wide. It's going to be ultra wide. It's going to be up towards the front. Whenever I did the the pace projection on this, I mean, looking at it, it it looks like that this horse was going to be able to basically just sit in like a little like wave of three furthest outside. There's a bunch of like nine horses out in front of them and there's like three that just stand to sit that that good trip and i like mm-hmm. o'connor more to be able to go out wide and make the closing move mm-hmm. and at 10 to 1 and i think that price floats i yeah, really I think that price floats quite a bit um oh man real sharp workout you know I, I typically when i look at claimers look at allowance look at maidens i hate bullet workouts before a uh you know before a race yeah. with this caliber of stakes horse i what else do they do but you want to see him run right yeah, you want to see him run. So I ended up one, two, seven, twelve. Proxy simplification, Skippy long stocking, and uh, I'm gonna do my best to Arnold O'Connor. Um, what? So I'll say two things about O'Connor very quickly. Run to the chopper, Matthew. <laughs> There's a bomb in there. Get out of there. Uh, and uh, I will say this about O'Connor is that Safi, after that Harlan's holiday, sounded legitimately disappointed in O'Connor's effort, which actually told me. Safi has a lot of like expectations for this horse. 
Right. Because you're right. Like the fourth place wasn't a bad effort off the bench and first graded stakes effort in, in North America. And Safi was like, you know, I'm disappointed, really thought he was going to run better. I mean, there's clearly expectations in this barn that this horse is, is better than what he showed at the Harlan's holiday. So uh, definitely something to like there, I, I think for sure with, uh, with O'Connor. I, uh, whenever I had Jason Barkley on, I, I was like, one of my questions for him, like demystifying trainer things was, uh, <laughs> do you guys ever tell the truth in these interviews? Cause I feel like every time someone tells me their horse is someone tell every time someone tells white Randy Moss that their horse is going yeah. to do something yeah. does the complete opposite. So mm-hmm. I'm always skeptical. I'm always skeptical of the, of those interviews. Just yeah. also can never trust a man <clears throat> with a man bun. It's true. But I, what I'll say is I always, I trust it more when there's like genuine disappointment in a horse as opposed to like, oh, they ran fine. You know, like like Brad Cox gives interviews and everybody sounds like they're fine. Uh, and I like it when, you know, it came across in the interview that he was like genuinely upset with how O'Connor ran. And so I'm like, okay, that's good to know, actually. I, I like that, uh, that there's, he's seeing something in this horse that maybe we didn't get to see in the Harlan's Holiday. And there's an expectation there. And we should point out, went off as the post-time favorite in that race too. We should but, have um, had a pre-production meeting because you're talking about a sad Safi and me not having a don't worry, be happy sound drop ready to go. Just breaks <laughs> my fucking heart, quite honestly. Um, what a, So you, you mentioned that O'Connor's going to float. I kind of wanted to ask you a question. White Abario, how much is this horse going to get hammered at the polls, <laughs> at, the, at the windows? Oh, I, I think Cyberknife and White Abario both get smoked. Yeah, at the windows. Absolutely. Uh, and I, by the way, I'm fucking out on Cyberknife. Done. Same. Same. Done with Cyberknife. Like you, you've had two good races. One, and each time they both just kind of fell in your lap. That Haskell is not near as strong. Not near as strong as we thought it was. And then, I mean, that what, that Arkansas Derby. That was not one of our best Arkansas Derbies by no. by any means. So, no. yeah, I, I'm done with Cyberknife and all uh, prostate related surgery equipment named horses. <laughs> After Cyberknife, you've ruined the prostate for me, Cyberknife. Let's go ahead. Let's stop talking about the the prostate, and let's talk about <laughs> our pick five tickets. Matthew, yeah. looks like you had a $54 play. Why don't you go ahead and rattle that off for me? Yeah, $54. Uh, leg one, 478 over the 139, over the 372, over the 63, over the 57. $54 for a 50 cent pick five. I was $36 for 50 cent pick five. I started off with a four, seven, eight, uh, backed that up with a two, six, nine. Then we fucking singled Alika. God help me in the third leg. Uh, then we were, uh, man, just twinsies three, six in the fourth leg. And then we wrap up with the one, two, seven, 12. Cause I want a bunch of horses to throw at this problem uh, of the Pegasus, which looking at it, the good news, we can both win. Look at that. Look at it, that. Yeah. It, it, what, same horses. First leg. We get the nine yeah. second. We get the two. We get to leak. God, we're both for us to both win. We have to get Delica. This is how yeah. friendships end, right here. <laughs> Delica get Delica tearing us apart. I know. I know. Yeah. Then Skippy. Yeah, I, yeah. I would take Skippy. Take Skippy yeah. in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, I think Skippy's good. For one, uh, I like um, you know folksy redheaded girls. Uh, you know, <laughs> what books were based after. And two, I like peanut butter, so it works out. Yeah, Matthew, what do you got going on right now? You're a busy man. You've got uh, the Win Play Show. You got Cap in the Card. You're doing all sorts yeah. of stuff with Trust the Profits. Did I say everything that you were going to say? Please say more. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, it, this episode of the most recent one of Cap in the Card is out. I go through all races, 1 through 13 at Gulfstream Park, give my top pick, my top value play across the board. So it, helpful if you're playing horse racing tourneys like Stable Duel or helpful if you're just putting together sequences. Uh, obviously, I also have a great, or a stakes preview of the three stakes races at Oaklawn uh, that are out, uh, the uh, Martha Washington, the King Cotton, and the Southwest. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. I think for right now, I've got the win play show, obviously every week we'll be recapping all the big horse racing news and keeping people up to date with what's going on in the industry. Those eclipse awards, uh, just, you know, a lot of people patting themselves on the back yesterday, but that's all right. Uh, always a nice excuse to dress up. So, um, you know, we'll be covering all that good stuff on the win play show, but yeah, if you just follow me on the handle at failed to menace, you'll get all that good stuff. You know, Matthew and I were going to briefly talk about those races, and then I got caught up trying to find the perfect Richard Dreyfus sound drop from Jaws. <laughs> I will say, all right, I'm going to have intel on the ground. <clears throat> a couple years ago, yeah, someone put like a ring camera, like a CCTV camera outside of Bob Baffert's barn at Oakland, like pointing into it, okay. and he had the worst day. So in the Southwest, we're going to see if Arabian Night has the, has the eye has the big brother looking at him. And if so, fade yeah. the fuck out of that horse. I, uh, I, so I like red route one as a potential long shot in that race. I, uh, I, I don't gun spoil my point yeah. of view. I haven't really. All right. right. I just, all right. All you just right. buy It's just in my DNA that I'm going <laughs> to bet against Bob. And I like conspiracy <laughs> theories too, which by the way, just fantastic alien programming coming out on all sorts of channels right now. <laughs> That's going to do it here for us. The notorious OTV. Thanks again to Matthew as always. Just, he's the champ. Oh, good luck to the Philadelphia Eagles uh, this uh, this Sunday in the NFC uh, Conference Championship, too. A much appreciated. Fly, Eagles, fly. Go, birds. And yeah. uh, could be, you know, if you just hear the sound of somebody screaming at around 6.30 p.m. on Sunday afternoon, that's just me celebrating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you also hear someone yelling, what the f- Was that a, did you hit me with a Duracell? Was that a D-cell? <laughs> that was also Matthew. Yeah, that's Matthew throwing the Duracell. By that's way. yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh man, God, he almost got a D one pitching scholarship from the way that he could ring, wing a battery that's only made to fit in a boombox. All right, that's gonna do it for us. We will catch you next time on the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. 